Did you know that there were two resurrections discussed in the Bible? Actually, there are. And what I want to do in the few minutes that I have is discuss what those resurrections are and what they entail. All right. Brother Dell, Gospel of Repentance Ministries uh, coming at you on a Friday, October the 29th, 2021. It's about 7 a.m. Hope you're all doing well, safe and healthy. Still dealing with this uh, uh, coronavirus uh, madness. So do whatever you can to uh, stay safe and to stay COVID free. All right. So to launch uh, my discussion, I want to go ahead and start traveling in the Bible and looking at some scriptures. And the first one I want to look at is in the book of Daniel the 12th chapter so Daniel chapter 12 travel over there take a look and see what it says now Daniel of course was a prophet that was in captivity in Babylon in the 6th century BC so we're talking about better than 2500 years ago and he was under the rulership initially of King Nebuchadnezzar and then his son or grandson uh, Belshazzar he was a captive he was a um, like a a counselor he was a dignitary in the uh, country or the land of Babylon so this is what he says in the 12th chapter of his book all right give me a moment I'll go over there Daniel chapter 12 this is what it says I'm reading from the amplified version of the Bible by the way it says now at the end time Michael the great prince who stands guard over the children of your people will arise and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time but at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. All right, verse 2. Many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake or resurrect. These to everlasting life, but to some disgrace and everlasting contempt. All right. So that is all that the Spirit of God gave to Daniel. Now, when... I travel over to the New Testament. The New Testament will reveal more. It will fill in the blanks in particular of what Daniel is discussing here in his book. Okay, so the other passage of scripture I want to travel to, the next one rather, is John's Gospel, chapter 5. I'm going to go to the Gospel of John. All right. And let's see, what verse do I want to start at? We're going to start at verse 25. John chapter 5, verse 25. And this is Jesus speaking, by the way. He says this, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, a time is coming and is here now when the dead will 
hear the voice of God. Now that's interesting in and of itself. The dead hear the voice of God. So let you know something supernatural is going on here because the dead can't hear anything because they're dead. However, this is God calling the dead. And when God calls the dead, the dead's gonna answer, all right? Verse 26, for just as the father has life in himself, even so he has given to the son to have life in himself. In other words, they're both self-existent, all right? And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is a son of man. Do not be surprised at this for a time is coming when all those who are in the tombs will hear his voice and they will come out. Those who did good things to a resurrection of new life, but those who did evil things will come out to a resurrection of judgment. All right. So John his gospel echoes what Daniel expressed in the 12th chapter of his book that I just read to you a moment ago. All right. Let's travel over to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse, try to build up to what I want to describe here. So I want to start with verse 10. It says, according to the remarkable grace of God, which was given to me to prepare for my task. This is Paul, the apostle speaking like a skillful master builder. I laid a foundation and now another is building on it, but each one must be careful how he builds on it for no one can lay a foundation other than that one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Verse 12, but if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is for the day of judgment will disclose it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality and character and the worth of each person's work. If any person's work which he has built on this foundation, that is any outcome of his effort, remains and survives this test, he will receive a reward. But if any person's work is burned up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward. Yet he himself will be saved, but only as one who has barely escaped through fire. Let me explain what's going on here. Paul is talking about those of us who are in Christ and the work that we do as Christians here in this earth realm. And based on the work that we do, the quality of our work will determine our reward when we pass out of this life, when we die. In other words, the children of God are going to face a judgment. And that judgment is actually called the Bema Seat. And it is not a judgment to determine if we're going to get into heaven or not. Very important that you understand that. It is a judgment that we're going to face before God to determine our measure of reward depending upon the work that we did in our body while we're here on the earth. So this is talking about a resurrection. It's talking about the resurrection of the just. Remember what I read to you in Daniel chapter 12, it talks about there are some who are going to rise. They're going to rise to everlasting life. And then there's and then others are going to be resurrected 
just to be condemned because they lived a life of rebellion and evil against the Lord and against uh, people in the earth. So there are two resurrections and there's going to be those who are going to be rewarded as indicated here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and there are those that are going to be punished based on the life that they decided to live. All right. So once again, we're talking about two resurrections. We're talking about the end of time. All right. So that's first Corinthians chapter three. Now let's kind of see if I can tie it all together. So the last scripture that I need to cover is in the last book of the Bible. And that's in Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. All right, so what I want to do is start at, looks like I'm going to start with verse 15, I believe is the one to start at. Actually, I take that back. That's the last verse, so I can't start there. So we're going to start at verse 11, excuse me. So Revelation chapter 20, verse 11, it says, and I saw a great white throne in whom and him who was seated upon it from whose presence the earth and heaven fled away and no place was found for them and I saw the dead the great and the small standing before the throne and books were open then another book was open which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to what they had done as written in the books that is everything done while on earth and the sea gave up the dead who were in it and the dead in hell surrendered the dead who were in them and they were judged and sentenced everyone according to their deeds. Then death and Hades, the realm of the dead, were thrown into the lake of fire. This is the second death. All right. This is the second death. The lake of fire, the eternal separation from God. And if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was hurled into the lake of fire. Very, very scary stuff. And it sounds fantastic and it sounds very poetic and maybe even fantastical or fantasy, but it is true because this is what the word of God declares is going to happen at the end of time. Now, I think throughout church history, it's believed that this particular resurrection is dealing with the resurrection of the wicked only, not, not the righteous, because like I just read to you in the prior book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 we're talking about the resurrection of the just and what they did in their body while they were on the earth and it was a resurrection and a judgment regarding rewards this is a resurrection regarding judgment or what's commonly called the, the great white throne uh, judgment and it says here that books were open and then the book of life was open and the dead were judged according to their works. So there is going to be a degree of punishment based on the degree of sin that a person committed while they were on the earth. So not everybody's punishment is going to be, be the same. It's all going to be uh, bad for those who die in sin. It's all going to be terrible. Everybody's going to be tormented. And so it's not good either way you slice it, but notice what it says here 
it says the dead were judged according to what they had done as written in the books. In other words, everything that a person does is recorded in, if you would, God's heavenly journal. And so everything that we do <laughs> is recorded, just like we have these phones that pretty much monitor our our movements and, and everything and they're pretty much the gps god had gps way before there was gps if it were in other words god knows everything that everybody will ever do or ever think about doing he knows all of that and all of that has been recorded all none of that is missed on the lord so if a person is thinking they're getting away with something because they've done it in the shadows and they've done it in the dark, it doesn't matter. God sees it and God records it and God's going to bring it up to every person at the end of time when they die, when they're resurrected from the dead and they face him in judgment. All right. This is real, folks. This is something that I wanted to bring about so that in case you didn't know, this is going to be your fate. The billion dollar question that we all have to answer is that how do we want God to judge us? Do we want to be judged for our good deeds because we're in Christ and we were and we were saved and we were living for the kingdom? Or do we want our life to be played back in front of the cosmos <laughs> for everything that we've done wrong I don't know how all the particulars are going to work out nobody does but the fact of the matter is that the life that we are living now is going to be played back and for most people that's going to be a dreadful a dreadful day uh, to face so that is in short what the two resurrections talk about brothers and sisters is that everybody that's ever lived or ever will live will die will be resurrected and will face God in judgment and the question that a person has to ask themselves is that will you face God as your Savior and Lord or will you face him as your judge and Lord because God is Lord over everyone for those who love him and for those who hate him the difference is that those who love him and, and have served him faithfully will receive eternal rewards those who have hated him and, and who have decided to rebel against him will receive eternal damnation there's no middle of the way there's no uh purgatory where you can sit in and get purged of your sins because someone some living relative has decided to pay your way out of this um, limbo or negative zone that is called purgatory which of course does not exist it's not scriptural I mean but it is Catholic no disrespect for those who are practicing Catholics but that is where the purgatory uh, falsehood actually comes from. So there it is, folks. 
There's two resurrections like I just mentioned. And as Daniel said, some will be raised up for, you know, to everlasting life and bliss and others will be raised to face everlasting contempt and disgrace. And as Jesus said in John's gospel, the fifth chapter around the 29th verse, I mean, there are those going to receive resurrection of life and there are those going to receive resurrection of damnation. So my question to you is, which one are you? Plain and simple. If you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as your sin bearer and and you've genuinely repented of sin, then you are in the family of God. You've been baptized from death to life. You've been adopted as a son or a daughter in the kingdom of God. And if that's the case, if that is your case, then praise God, then you will not have to experience God's holy wrath against your sin. If you have decided to live your life your own way, reject the truth because God does not fit into your plans, or you hate God because your life has been terrible and God has not come through for you as you felt that he should. So you've decided to live your life in rebelling against him. That is a decision that you will eternally regret. And that is a, and that is a, that is the way that you don't want to go. So let me appeal to you. Let me try to reason with you is that no matter whether your life has been good or bad, You still need a savior. You still need to be forgiven of your sin. And also understand this, and I wanna see if I can drive this point home before I close out, is that we don't get to determine what God does in our lives. He determines that. So if you ask for something from God and it doesn't happen because God being all wise has decided that's something that he doesn't want you to have, then you're not going to have it. Doesn't mean that God is cruel or mean is that, but, but being God is all wise knows what's best for every person. And also understand this, God is sovereign, which means he has absolute power over our lives. So if he wants to bless our lives, he can do that. If he wants to bring difficulty our way and challenge us and strengthen and stretch our faith, he may decide to allow us or cause us to be afflicted. God is in control of everything, folks. We are in control of nothing other than the way that we respond to what happens to us in this life. But whatever you're going through, you must put your trust in the Lord, even if it means your death. Because if you have a life that's bad, but you rebel against God, your eternal life will be eternally regrettable, worse. If you have a life that's good, you still need a savior. You still need to repent of sin. So whether you lived a life of opulence and luxury and ease, or whether you lived a life of pain and sickness and disease and and tragedy, It doesn't matter unless you repent of sin, you will perish. And I don't want that for you. And neither does the Lord. God made it very clear to the children of Israel that he 
takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked or the ones who dies. He wants people to repent because if you don't, he knows what the tragic reality of your life will end up at. It will end up in hell. It will end up in the, uh, the lake of fire. And your life would have been a total waste. I'm signing off, and I'll talk to you soon. God bless.